Can you receive it right now? Can you receive it right now with uplifted hands, uplifted voices, uplifted hearts? Just receive the blessing of the Lord that is in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him a praise right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on and give him a praise right now in the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. I can feel the very healing that we're talking about. I can feel the freedom that we're talking about. Hallelujah. He whom the Son has made free is free indeed. Free indeed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I love, I love what I feel in the presence of God today. Amen. I'm going to look into the word of the Lord this morning. Thank you so much to our worship team. How many just love the glory of God that settles upon us as we begin to praise and worship the Lord? I'm reading from 1 Peter chapter 1. While you're turning there, let me take this opportunity to promote family tree prayer this coming Saturday from 9.30 to 11 o'clock right here at Tree of Life Church. You're not going to want to miss this. This is going to be an excellent time of gathering together to pray as the family of Jesus Christ and as families. And uh, whether you are a family of one, single, or a family of a ton, got a big family, come on to the house of God and let's pray together. It's going to be a time of prayer, stations of prayer, uh, devotion. And ladies and gentlemen, the, what's going to take us through every challenge we face is prayer. At the end of the day, it's prayer. No matter what we preach or sing, if we're not praying, none of it matters. Prayer is what connects us to God. And, and gives us direction. And so let's, let's be mindful of our family tree prayer. We're doing this the first Saturday of the month of November, and it's going to be a blessed time in the Holy Ghost from 9.30 to 11 o'clock. And uh, we thank the Lord for that. I do want to tell you that a week from today is going to be a very special Ready Now service. And uh, we're concentrating. We're in a season. For the next several months, we're in a season. And, uh, and, and, of course, we're beginning construction in March of 2021. I just can't say it enough. I'm just excited. I wake up in the middle of the night sometime, March 2021, March 2021. I can't wait to get started. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so exciting. But a week from today, we're going to have a very special friend with us, Pastor Marvin Mitchell from Columbus, Indiana, uh, and uh, Evangelist Marvin Mitchell. And he is a uh, wonderful uh, friend and uh, he and his wife are going to be with us. And, and what is so uh, special about them as it relates to Ready Now is that they really helped get us started in Ready Now. They introduced us to Mark Menzendeck, who was our campaign consultant. They took whole days out of their schedule and let uh, some of our leaders come over and consult with them. They would sit around the conference table and go in fine detail everything that they did they just built a beautiful 1200 seat sanctuary in Columbus Indiana uh, just uh, a, a couple of years ago as we were launching they were finalizing and they were such a help to us he's going to be with us a week from today and we're going to continue our journey in this uh, ready now campaign we're believing God to give us everything we need and we're believing we're going to fulfill the full $3,500,000 that we've committed to God. We thank the Lord for that. And, and I, I'm just believing that uh, 
we'll reach three million by the end of the year. And so I'm going to look forward to all the blessings of the Lord that, that come our way because we have souls to reach, people to preach to, and, and help them see the love of Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse number 3. The word of the Lord says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise And honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And I would like to preach this morning by the grace of God on the subject reserved in heaven for you reserved in heaven for you could you just lift your voice one more time and help me pray a blessing upon the preaching of the word and upon the gathering of the faithful today lord i thank you for your word that is life and liberty and strength i pray god that as we explore your word you will give us greater understanding and peace that passes that understanding. I pray, Lord, that you would help us today to receive of your great spirit. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. And we pray an anointing upon the preacher, upon the congregation, upon the delivery of the word of God. And we give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. And amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you again for being here today. Can we give all of our guests a great big hand clap? We're so thankful that you are here with us in the house of God. Jesus spoke often about the kingdom of heaven. It was the primary focus of his ministry. He wanted people to know that he was bringing to them the kingdom of heaven. In fact, those who followed him and those who who embraced his ministry really had considered that he would come and overthrow the uh, Roman government that was so so, uh, oppressive to the Jews. And Jesus said, no, this is not, I'm not here to overthrow the Roman government. I'm here to bring the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is something that is within you. It is within you. I put my kingdom in you. I am with you, but I shall be in you. And he said, this is a kingdom that passes not away. This is not a kingdom that 
that fades with time. This is not a kingdom that, that has an expiration date on it. But this is a kingdom that is eternal in the heavens. And so he spoke to them about the kingdom of heaven. And he talked about how significant that the kingdom of heaven is. Both in terms of its great splendor and its glory and all that it represents. Its value. But, but he also talked about the fact that, that there is much to do as we prepare for that kingdom. For instance, he said we have people to reach. We have to occupy until the Lord comes. We have not only people to reach, but we have to keep ourselves pure, ready for the coming of the Lord. Not only do we have to keep ourselves pure, but, but we have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that, that he's going to come in an hour that you think not. And you've got to be ready for his arrival. Live ready for the coming of the Lord. And this was one of the themes of the early apostolic revelation. One of the themes of the early apostolic revelation in modern times was that of heaven. They, they sang songs about heaven. Heaven wasn't the only thing they sang about. They also sang a lot about the mighty God in Christ. Hallelujah. It's all in him. It's all in him. The mighty God is Jesus and it's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in him. Our king for whom we've waited will be the glad refrain of Israel recreated when Jesus comes again. It is all in him. And they sang about the blood of Jesus Christ that washes us white as snow. And they sang songs like, thank God for the blood. In sin I wandered, sore and sad, with bleeding heart and aching head, till Jesus came and sweetly said, I'll take their sins away. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. They said, when gloom and sadness whisper, you've sinned, no use to pray. Anybody ever heard that before? When gloom and sadness whisper, you've sinned. There's no use to pray. I turn and look to Jesus. And he tells me to say, I see a crimson stream of blood. And it flows from Calvary. Its waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. They sang about that precious atoning blood of Jesus Christ. And they sang about the fact that Jesus was not just another great teacher, but that he was the mighty God in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world unto himself. And they sang about heaven. They sang about that place, glory to God, that Jesus taught about, that Jesus spoke about. One song said, I'm thinking of the rapture in our blessed home on high. When the redeemed are gathering in, how we'll raise the heavenly anthem in that city in the sky when the redeemed are gathering in. When the redeemed are gathering in, washed like snow and free from all sin. How we'll shout, we will sing when the redeemed are gathering in. One said there's a happy land of promise 
over in the great beyond, where the saved of earth shall soon the glory share. Hallelujah. Where the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore. Everybody will be happy over there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it, and it went on to say, everybody will be happy, will be happy over there. Yes, we will shout and sing God's praises. Everybody will be happy over there. We're going to shout. We're going to sing. We're going to give God the praise. Everybody will be happy over there because there is no sadness in that land. And Jesus talked about this. He, he explained what this was. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a fairy tale. You and I were not supposed to die. Death was not supposed to be in our lexicon. Our vocabulary and the way we live our life has been completely sabotaged by the concept of death. Death was not a part of the original plan. It became a part of our life because of man's sin, disobedience, which brings death into the world. You and I can even relate to that. What brings death and its, and its uh, comrades, if you please, sorrow and sadness and sickness, all of that is connected back to the original sin of man. But that's not what God wants for his people. So before God ever created man, God had a plan. And God's plan was about a lamb that would be slain. And he, from the foundation of the world, planned to be the lamb of God, which would take away the sin of man that brought death into this world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we shouldn't know anything about Funerals or hearsts or gravestones or obituaries or, or morticians. All of that is a part of the death that has been brought into our world. Even the concepts of sickness and sadness. These are all related to the death that was brought into our world. Jesus stepped onto the scene as God manifest in the flesh. The creator who became our savior. And he stepped into this world to tell us about the original plan of God. He said it does not have to be this way. You can turn your life over to the Lord and go back to what God always wanted it to be about. He wanted you to have peace. He wanted you to have love. He wanted you to have joy. He wanted you to have hope. He wanted you to have everlasting comfort. Hallelujah. That is the plan of God. Thank you, Jesus. So Jesus said, I'm going to bring this kingdom to you. Now, now here's what you have to understand. That this kingdom, contrary to popular opinion, this kingdom does not just automatically fall into people's laps. Not everybody's going. You have to know, ladies and gentlemen, that this body that you see before you, I am one step closer to death today than I was yesterday. With each passing second, this body is aging, it is dilapidating, it is corrupting before your very eyes. And this body will go 
back to the earth from whence it came should the Lord tarry. But, but I want you to know that that's the only thing that's going to go back to this earth because the Lord has redeemed me. He has washed me. When Hallelujah. When I gave myself to the Lord Jesus Christ, He absolutely saved me and rescued me. And, and, and as long as I'm in this natural body, I must use my breath to praise the Lord. Because if I'm alive, there's a chance I could give God back everything that he has given me. Or I could cast it aside and become a castaway myself. God forbid. But I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, that this body is in the process of dying. And in order for me to experience the heaven that Jesus talked about, I must be born again. I can't just be born the first time, but I have to experience a new birth. I have to experience a spiritual birth. And being born again is not just a catchy cliche that, that is circulated in religious circles. But, but to be born again is an actual spiritual new birth. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus who came to Jesus by night and said to him, Master, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus said to him, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus said, well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? He was, he was missing the, the language of Jesus. He thought that Jesus was saying he had to figure out some way to get back into his mother's womb and then be born. But Jesus said, verily, verily. And you, you better watch it when Jesus says, verily, verily. Because when he says verily and verily, I mean, it's one thing when he said verily. That's, that's pretty important enough. But when he said verily and then he adds another verily, you're getting ready to get some real truth, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. Verily and verily, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You, you have to understand, this is a real new birth. But it's a spiritual birth. And it doesn't happen by entering into your mother's womb the second time. It happens through repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. When I repent of my sins... You have to know how important that is. Repenting of one's sins is so vitally important. It means that you have turned from the things that bring the death into your life. It, you turn from the things that bring the sadness and the sickness uh, into your life. And so I turn from the things that God commands me not to do. And I embrace the things that God commands me 
to do. You say, I'm not that good of a person. None of us are. That's the beauty of God's grace. None of us are that good of a person. Every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus called us evil. That's what he called us. He didn't play any games. He called us evil. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Ladies and gentlemen, we are evil in and of our flesh. Our heart is desperately wicked, deceitful above all things. It is desperately wicked. No man can know the heart. No man can tame this tongue. This tongue is an unruly evil. It is full of deadly poison. I'm quoting the scriptures to you. Full of deadly poison. It is set on fire of hell. And it sets on fire the course of nature. This thing is so messed up. The Bible said that every beast of the earth has been tamed of mankind and is able to be tamed but this tongue can no man tame this is a corruptible body it must be born again it can't just confess it can't just accept and 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 mentally believe and confess with one's mouth no 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 it has to be a real repentance part of our challenge in 2020 is that a lot of people claim to be saved but have never repented have never turned from their sin turning from sin is vitally important to being born again repent from your sins walk away from your sins turn about and walk in a new direction and I'm going to tell you how you complete your repentance you complete your repentance not merely by walking away you complete your repentance by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Listen, when you repent of your sins, you're going to feel an immediate lifting of a load because you're no longer engaged in the sinful activity that was causing you so much distress. But when you walk away, that load lifts, but the sins are still on your record and they'll still show up in judgment. But when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, which means the blotting out of your sins, the removal of your sins. It's like they never happened. You might remember them happening. Your friends might remember them happening. There might be pictures where it's documented that something happened. But in God's book of life, your sins have been washed away in the precious blood of the Lamb of God. I'm telling you, you are born again of the water when you are baptized in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I wouldn't trade that for anything in this world. I'm not here today because I'm a good person. I'm here today because my God was merciful to me, and he gave me a plan of salvation. He gave me a way of escape. He gave me an, uh, an opportunity to leave the life that I would live in sin, a life that leads to everlasting joy. Hallelujah, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And there's a promise connected to that. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Glory to God. And John the Baptist said, listen, don't you stop. Don't you stop. It's incomplete. Being born of the water is one thing, but being born of the Spirit, thats you have to be born of the water and of the Spirit in order to see the kingdom of heaven. Being born of the Spirit. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but there cometh one after me that is mightier than I, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let me tell you something. There was a time when people looked at folks who claimed to be filled with the Holy Ghost out of the side of their eye. They looked at people who spoke in other tongues as being people who just didn't have it all together. Folks that were a few french fries short of a happy meal, a few pickles short of a full jar, cards of a full deck, whatever. Just, you know, they're just people from the wrong side of, of humanity. And, and now something's shifted, something's changed because the Holy Ghost has been poured out. And more and more people, millions of people all around the world are filled with the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't matter what church name they have on their building, God is moving past the barriers that man has put up and said, if they're hungry, I'll fill them with the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to tell you something today, ladies and gentlemen. There is a Holy Ghost power that is awaiting you. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This is the promise of God for you. Hallelujah, and I thank God for that. That's what Jesus came to, to teach, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And he said, listen, listen, it doesn't just fall into your lap. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man that, that, that saw a pearl of great price. And he sold everything that he had. Everything that he had. He didn't keep anything. Every valuable, he sold it. Every material possession, he sold it. Everything that he owned, he got rid of it. And he bought this one pearl of great price. He was describing what happens when people discover the kingdom of heaven. Nothing else matters to them anymore. They just want Jesus and that's all. They want to be saved and that's all. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. What profit a man if he gained the whole world but lose his soul. I've come to preach to you about the kingdom of heaven today. And I've come to let you know it doesn't matter how popular you are on earth. And it doesn't matter how much you possess on earth. You're not taking any of that with you when you go. What profit a man that he gained the whole world but lose his soul? Yeah. No, no, no. One place Jesus described a man who said I have these great barns and I'm gonna I'm gonna tear them down and I'm gonna build bigger barns and he, he was describing all of these plans and all of these schedules that he was he was determined to keep and everything was lined up just perfectly he had everything on a precise a, a systematic schedule and he couldn't wait to launch into the next venture and and the the Lord interrupts the the, the teaching and says, thou fool, tonight your soul is required of you. See, you forgot about a thing called eternity. 
You forgot about a thing called eternity. It's not all about what happens here in the context of time. What, what, what really lasts is what you do for Christ. And only what you do for Christ will last. You can concentrate your whole world, your whole body, soul, mind, and strength on things that occur in the context of this earth. But this earth is going to pass away. And the world as you know it will cease to exist. But heaven, heaven is forever. Heaven, the glory of God, the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said it's already inside the born-again believer. The individual who has repented of their sins and been baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. The kingdom of heaven is already living on the inside of you. But there's going to come a day when this corruptible body is sown in dishonor. But it will be raised in honor and you will live forever in the kingdom of heaven. He said it's like a man who, who had great possessions. He was a merchant man, and he found a field that had within it a treasure that was hidden. The treasure was hidden inside the field. And the man said, give me that treasure. And, 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 and in order to have the treasure, he had to have the field. He said, I'll take the field because I want the treasure. And the man sold, again, everything that he had. So that he could purchase the field that had the treasure hidden inside of it. He said, now listen, when he bought that field, he bought every thorn, every briar, every thistle, every sharp rock, all of it. Every part of it that was good for nothing, he bought the whole field. Because there was a treasure hidden in that field. Jesus said, that's the way the kingdom of heaven operates. Wrap your arms around it. And no matter what comes your way, every thorn, every briar, every thistle that comes your way, every fiery trial that confronts you doesn't matter. I've got a hold of a treasure that's inside this field and I'm never letting it go. I can hear the wise man say, buy the truth and sell it not. Buy the truth and sell it not. Somebody said, how do you buy the truth? How much does it cost? I've got an answer for you. Here's how much the truth costs. It costs everything. You're not going to be able to bargain your way or negotiate your way to a better price. You're not going to be able to cut corners on buying the truth. You're not going to be able to say, well, can I have it this way and my way in this fashion or form? No, no. No, here's how much the truth costs. It costs your mind, your body, your soul, and your strength. And that may sound like a lot right now, but if I could open your eyes to the kingdom of heaven and you could see how long eternity really is, if you could see how expansive eternity really is, nothing else would matter. Those hurt feelings wouldn't matter. That unforgiveness would not matter. Those fleeting lusts of the flesh would not matter. Those temptations that tempt your eyes and the pride of your life, none of it would matter if you could get a proper understanding of eternity. The apostle Peter said, listen, he said, there's an inheritance that's incorruptible and it's undefiled. And it fades not away, and it is reserved in heaven for you. You are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. He said, now, now you right now, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. And you can relate to that. There's a heaviness that comes from the manifold temptations of this world. But the Bible teaches us, hallelujah, that there is 
an inheritance that is reserved in heaven for us, that fades not away, that is incorruptible, that is undefiled. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going there. It is appointed unto me once to die, and then the judgment. It is appointed unto you. This is scripture. It is appointed unto you once to die, and then the judgment. If we could hear the voices of those that have gone on before, we would hear the rich man who was in hell in torment of Luke chapter 16, where he said, could somebody please go and tell my brothers, warn them of this place. He spoke to Abraham, who was in Abraham's bosom. My father talked about it Wednesday night. Abraham's bosom was a holding place for those who had passed away before Calvary. And, and there they were in Abraham's bosom. And Abraham speaks to the rich man in the teaching of Jesus. And he said, they have Moses and the prophets. No man's coming up from, the, from hell to tell them about hell. And the man said but, that they won't believe Moses and the prophets. Surely they would believe if somebody could come back from the dead and tell them of this dreadful place. And Abraham said, if they do not believe Moses and the prophets, then they will not believe someone who rose from the dead. That was a reference to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If, 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 if you do not believe the word of God, then you will not take part in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It won't have any effect on you if you don't believe his word. But I want you to know that there is a real heaven and that there is a real hell and that there is a real judgment and that it is really eternal and that it does matter how you live your life and it does matter where you invest your faith and it does matter whether you repent and are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and it does matter whether you serve the Lord with all your heart. Jesus said it's like five wise virgins and five foolish virgins who, who had their lamps and the five wise virgins had their lamps trimmed and burning and ready for the coming of the bridegroom but the five foolish virgins did not have enough oil in their lamps and when the time of the bridegroom came they were unprepared for that moment that's the kingdom of heaven ladies and gentlemen this past Thursday morning I awakened to the news that a precious saint of God and a dear family friend sister Judy Younger had passed away. I knew the day before she had had a stroke. She was 85 years old. She had had a stroke. And, and, and I was keeping tabs on it. I was being notified of the development. We were praying. They tried to correct the effects of the stroke. Something went wrong in the operation. She began to bleed internally. And they were trying to help that situation. And, and I woke the next morning and learned she was gone. She had an immeasurable impact on my life. She was a teacher of mine. I remember so vividly her saying, different little sayings. She would say, patience is a virtue. Virtue is a grace. Put them all together and you'll have a smiling face. And sometimes she's pretty hardcore. I mean, I heard it a thousand times. Be sure your sins will find you out. She put the fear of God in me. Another place, she said, the very thought of foolishness is sin. She had a very commanding voice. 
The very thought of foolishness is sin. It was good for me. You know, you know, this world doesn't like people talking to folks like that. I'm glad she talked to me like that. I'm glad I had a teacher who would get up in my face and tell me that my sins would find me out. I'm glad I had a teacher who got up in my face and said the very thought of foolishness is sin. It's made me a better person. It's made me a better pastor, a better husband, a better father, a better citizen to hear that kind of talk that was good for my soul. It was good for my soul, and, and she passed away. And every student that sat under her, immediately the, 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 the tributes came pouring in because every one of them had the exact same experience that I did. This, this love for her, this love they felt from her, the concern for their soul. And, and I got to thinking about her passing away, and I thought, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to see her again. Because here's what happens when the saint of God passes away. When the saint of God passes away, now that Jesus has been crucified, was buried, and rose from the dead, they are taken to a place called paradise. Hallelujah. They are taken to a place where they are at rest. Hallelujah. They are at rest. They are the spirits of just men made perfect. Hallelujah. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Hallelujah. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. Looking unto Jesus, the, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There's a great cloud of witnesses. And, and on that great getting up morning when all the saints shall rise, when the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, we're going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I grieved, I did, I grieved. I thought about all of the good times and I thought about this, this there's just no way to describe the, the, how precious she was and how much she loved her students and we were all so close to her and she was such a good family friend and, and now she's gone. But, but, but she put her confidence in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And she's in his presence. She's at rest in Christ. In the paradise of God awaiting that great and glorious day of resurrection when the Lord shall return and call his children home. And I give God praise for that. That was Thursday morning. We were, we were taking the day. It was a very somber day just, you know, knowing that she had passed and reminiscing and thinking. Thursday evening I received another call. It was very different. Thursday evening, I received a call that my dear friend, Shane Saunders, was in a head-on car collision that took his life suddenly. He was driving up 25 North in Logansport, Indiana, the other car traveling 25 South. He was just driving home. He was actually driving home, having spent all day knocking doors, witnessing to people, telling them about a revival that was coming that weekend for the church. And as he was driving along, a man in a pickup truck struck a, a large pig in the roadway. What are the chances? A large pig wandered out into the roadway. The man in the pickup truck hit the pig, lost control of his vehicle, veered into the northbound lane, had a head-on collision with my lifelong friend, Shane Saunders, who both men, both men passed away suddenly. Suddenly. 
I could not believe what I was hearing. You've heard me talk about Shane. Shane was the young man who, I, I knew him since I was a, a little kid. We were, I was about eight or nine years old when I first met Shane. And, um, but Shane never really served God in his young life. He became a teenager and a young adult, and he turned away from the things of God, and he, and he, he became a, a dealer of, of drugs. And uh, he felt like he had found a way to make fast money. And uh, he started running with the wrong crowd, and he began selling drugs um, as a living. And um, he started getting into trouble with the law, and, uh, and he was put in jail. And... Um, you know, Shane was always a, a nice guy, but I, dip, I, never really, I never really saw him serving God. I never thought, just didn't think he would ever do that. My dad, though, didn't feel that way. Dad thought, you know what, if he had a chance, maybe he would serve the Lord. So my dad would go to the jail, and he would, he would visit Shane and pray with him and preach the gospel to him. I remember one day, it was a Wednesday night, we were getting ready to go to church, but Dad was ready and was leaving quite early, and I said, Dad, are you leaving now? And he said, yeah, and I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to see Shane. I'm going to see uh, Shane down at the county jail. I said, okay, I'll see you at church. And in my mind, I thought, you're wasting your time. I know Shane. I've known Shane for years. Shane's not, he's not even hearing you, Dad. Now, he might be having some kind of a jailhouse conversion. Maybe he got in trouble with the law. Now he really wants to make things right. And we'll see him for a couple months, and then he'll be gone. And that's, that, that's the kind of thought I was having. And I just thought, you know, Dad, but bless Dad's heart. He's going to give it his best shot. And, and uh, more power to him. I hope it works out. Shane sat in the jail, and my father went down there week after week preaching the gospel, praying for him. You're going to make it, Shane. Keep your head up. You're going to get out of this thing. I remember just a couple of months after that happened, Shane got out of jail on probation, and my mom called me. I was out of town. My mom called me. She said, you'll never believe who's down at the front of the church dancing before the Lord, speaking in other tongues. She said, guess. I was like, Frank, no. Ralph, no. Bobby, no. Billy, no. I mean, I really, she was right. I never would have guessed. She had to be, no, it's, it's Shane. It's Shane. Shane is the one. Shane. Yeah, Shane is down at the front. God's filling him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I felt the Lord just kind of come down before me and just kind of look at me in the eye and just kind of smack me. And said, don't you tell me who I can save and who I can't save. Don't you tell me who will serve me and who won't serve me. You let me be God. You let me be the Savior. I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion upon whom I will have compassion. Shane never looked back. He roared into the church. He, he, he repented, was baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. He started serving God. And, and, and we, I took him on preaching trips. We would travel together preaching the gospel. And we went to South Dakota and British Columbia, Canada and Texas and Missouri and Chicago. And we went all over preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and and on the day that he passed away, he was still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. 21 years later, hallelujah, you don't know how thankful I am that there's a place called heaven where I know, I know I'm going to see my friend again. And then there's manifold temptations and there's heaviness because of the manifold temptations. And I do 
covet your prayers for his wife and his three daughters who need to be comforted right now in the name of Jesus. But, but, but I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There's something about putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And you catch a little glimpse of that heavenly place. And you start understanding it's not about what happens down here. There's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond. Where the saved of earth shall soon the glory share. Hallelujah. And I'm going to live on forever in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. You'll never regret putting all of your faith in Jesus Christ. You'll never regret repenting from your sins. You'll never regret living a life for the Lord that says, if I go now, I will go serving the Lord. If I'm taken now, I'll be taken worshiping God. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're doing that is disrupting your walk with God, but it's not worth it. I don't know what you're thinking that's disrupting your relationship with the Lord, but it's not worth it. I don't know what sin has you bound, what sinful appetite has you in some kind of a captivity, but it's not worth it. There's power in the Holy Ghost, and there is a precious inheritance reserved in heaven for you. Who do you think you are that you will evade death? Who do you think you are that it won't happen to you? Who do you think you are? There's much better people than I who have already gone on to their reward. They died younger than me. They died with more to look forward to than me. They, they died. They just were. Their moment came and they're gone. Why do you think? Why do you think eternity doesn't exist why do you think your mortality doesn't exist what what secret do you hold what 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 kind of a what kind of a delusion are you living in that you think you're going to live on this earth forever there's an inheritance reserved in heaven for you but you must be born of the water and of the spirit or you can't see the kingdom of heaven could you lift up your hands to the Lord right now and say, God, I want to be ready. Lord, I want to be ready. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on and stand with me right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You know, I, I, I like to be liked. I like for folks to want to hear me and I like for folks to be feel good when they leave, but, but I'd be a terrible person if I know what I know about this Bible and I didn't tell you that there is a place of torment, a place of torment called hell, and that there's coming a day of, 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 of judgment where hell will deliver itself up and everything that's in it and it'll be cast into the lake of fire. Oh, but there's a Lamb's book of life that you can have your name recorded in when we're baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, filled with His precious Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This isn't just a, this isn't just a gathering of people. This is a soul-saving station. This is a place where the weary can come and find salvation for their souls. This is a place where people can arrive at and say, Lord, I've not been paying attention to the part of me that will live forever. I've been paying attention to the part of me that's decaying and corrupting, but I've not paid attention to the part of me that will live forever and evermore. Hallelujah. But God wants you to know this morning, there is a place in heaven reserved for you. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I had, a, I had an airplane reservation. It's happened multiple times, I hate to say, but seat bought, paid for. Something prohibited me from getting to the right place at the right time. And there my seat sat empty, but it was my seat. And it was reserved for me. That's the way salvation is. Your salvation has already been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But you can't love this world and make heaven your home. You have to, you have to, you have to take your place that he has reserved for you. I feel like I'm reaching for somebody this morning. I didn't expect my friend to pass away. I received one call, and the first call said he's been lifelined. I immediately prayed, Lord, touch Shane right now in the name of Jesus. I wasn't expecting the call that came 20 minutes later that said, it's, it's already gone. Oh, God. I'm so thankful, Brother Colbert, that Shane didn't put his faith in this world. I'm so grateful that he listened to a preacher who would go out of his way to sit across a, a secure glass, talking on the phone, saying, Shane, this is the moment to repent. Don't let this moment pass you by. Don't let this moment pass you by. We were on our way to South Dakota to, to preach uh, multiple services in the state of South Dakota. Mitchell, Aberdeen, Rapid City, Watertown. I drove to Chicago. There were four of us. I drove to Chicago. My buddy Steve drove from Chicago to Wisconsin Dells. Shane was going to drive from Wisconsin, Drell, Wisconsin Dells to La Crosse. Leon was going to take La Crosse across the southern part of Minnesota and then I was going to do the last couple hours if needed Shane got the wheel at Wisconsin Dells and he had a few hours ahead of him and we all fell asleep we were great support to him it was late at night we fell asleep I woke up kind of opened my eyes and wow I got a good nap I said hey Shane you alright man yeah, I'm good. I said, you need any help driving? No, I'm good. All right, because I feel better. I got some rest. I feel good. I can drive. No, I feel good. I looked up ahead, and I saw a mile marker. It said 32 miles, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And I thought, hmm, I didn't know we came that far north to get to South Dakota. Interesting. And then I thought, wait, we don't come that far north to get to South Dakota. I started looking at the map. I said, Shane, you drove two and a half hours in the wrong direction. <laughs> he said, oh, man, I'm so sorry. We were tired, but we, those are good memories, precious memories. The, the thing I love about the kingdom of God is that you don't really lose people. You lose them for a little while on this earth. But you are absolutely going to live again in the resurrection. 
Jesus told the Sadducees who didn't believe in the resurrection, he said, you do err. You don't believe in the resurrection, you err because you know not the scriptures and, and therefore you know not the power of God. He said, don't you remember as touching the resurrection of the dead that God said, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. You remember him saying that? He said, do you remember him saying that he is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living? If he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living, that means Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive. That's what I love about the kingdom of God, is that we might enter into a place of rest, but there's coming a day, a great getting up morning. And there's no fleeting temptation that's worth it to me to miss out. On that day when the saints of all the ages shall join in triumphant song. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. There is a place reserved in heaven for me. And I'm going to make it my home. If that's you today, if that's you today, I want you to come. I want you to come. If you feel comfortable coming right now in the name of Jesus, if you've never repented of your sins, it's time to repent of your sins. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, we'll stop whatever we're doing and baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to come and seek for the Holy Ghost, let God baptize you anew with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. As we sing unto the Lord, I wonder if you could do some soul searching right now. You're welcome to come to the front of this house. In the name of Jesus. Come on, make a decision today. Make a decision today. Lord, Lord, I believe there's a place reserved in heaven for me. I believe there's an inheritance undefiled, incorruptible. Somebody reach out to him right now. Reach out to him. You may not believe in heaven right now, but you'll believe in heaven one day. You may not believe in hell right now, but you'll believe in hell one day. Come on, reach out to him right now. Lord, I need you. I need you. This is why we do what we do. This is the reason for everything. It's not about time. It's about eternity. It's about eternity. This is why we preach the gospel to all souls. We never know, we never know when their hour will come, when their moment will be, when their soul will be required. Come on, that's it. Reach out for it. Reach out for the Lord. Don't wait for judgment. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Come on, reach out to him in Jesus' name. Ha. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
merciful. Of my future, of my future days to come. Your presence is heaven to me. pray a prayer that you haven't prayed in a long time? Come on, can you pray a prayer that you haven't prayed in a long time? I think we just spend too much time. Too much time on the wrong things, on things that don't matter, on things that don't last. Things that fade over time. But go ahead and call out to God right now in a way you haven't called out to Him in a while. Lord, help me make heaven my home. Help me be ready to meet you. Help me to be ready to be saved. Lord, help me to have oil in my lamp. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, all across this house. Let God minister to you right now. Come on, let the Spirit of God touch your heart. Let the Word of God touch your heart right now. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. 